Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves CBA, Global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you're talking sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to ultimate being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And we have some topics to talk about, and there is some big, big old news, and it's coming from the U.S. women's and men's soccer teams. They will receive equal pay under new labor deals, Scarlett. Yeah, this is really exciting. It's something that has been percolating for years, and now it's finally happening. They are resetting the relationship. They've got these new agreements. And most importantly, when it comes to revenue from broadcast, partner, and sponsorships, um, they're going to split that 50-50, equally divided between the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team. Because obviously in the past, um, the, the men got paid much higher than the women did. And this was something, there were, there were lawsuits, there was all kinds of publicity around this, and finally something's being done on it. And it bugged the heck out of me because... The women, they were winning tournaments all over the place, man. And, and and the guys weren't, but then the guys would wind up making more money than the women. And I never understood why. And now finally, we're seeing some justice. Now, in February, the U.S. national women's team, they won a $24 million payout and a promise of equal pay in a landmark settlement. And good for them. I mean, it's this is about time. Maybe it's late to the party, but finally, let, let's get something done and do it in the right direction. Yeah, I'm happy that it's finally happened. And you're right, the, the women's team has done tremendously well on the field, on the pitch, whereas the men's team has struggled a bit, and finally we're seeing parity. Now they let's hope that it leads to parity in other leagues too. Yes, yeah, I was just going to say that. Now let's hope that you know we can we can move this on to golf and and other sporting uh, fields of as well because and the same thing. It's like the women golfers. There there is a pay inequity there, and people wonder. Well, tennis. Yeah, tennis is another one, and it's you got eyeballs. People are watching women's soccer. People are watching women's tennis. But what is it? Is it because of the sponsorship or, or, or what's going on? Sponsorship is probably a big part of it. But with name, image, and likeness, that changes the, the balance a bit, especially with a lot of college players, women college players, being able to monetize on their brand. So I think that is kind of showing everyone the, the kind of numbers that they can, they can gather on their own. 
Let's move on now to another topic, and this involves Jack Nicholas. This is kind of what we talked about earlier. It was involving Greg Norman and uh, his venture into the Saudi-financed LIV golf series. According to what Jack Nicholas said, they came to him, the LIV golf, and offered him the job now that Greg Norman has. They said they offered him, uh, according to what Nicholas said, $100 million to do the job. And Nicholas said no, because, hey, I'm, I was part of the PGA Tour. I helped create that, and, and I want to stay here. And well, good for Jack Nicholas. He said he turned down two offers twice, <laughs> one verbally and once written. Well, that might be the case, but Phil Mickelson has more than happily taken his place <laughs> and is kind of the, the public face of this new league, which has, of course, earned the ire of the PGA and, and others who play in the PGA. So it's, it's interesting because, of course, he's decided not to defend his championship. And I think this is the first time this has happened where someone was not defending their title for anything other than health reasons. Yeah, or injury I, reasons. This, this is really amazing because I just wonder what Phil Mickelson now is going to do. Uh, you know, it's if he's going to follow in Greg Norman's footsteps. Now, by the way, what we were talking about earlier with Greg Norman, where he just caused an ire when he said this, when they asked him about uh, the Saudi-financed LIV golf series and questions about. Uh, journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who was murdered, apparently, according to what the CIA said here, the orders came to assassinate Khashoggi from the uh, Crown Saudi prince. And mm -hmm. what Norman said during this interview in London, well, we all make mistakes. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man, no. It's, it's, it's not off to the start that they wanted for this league. No. So let's see how this goes. But Nicholas, hey, I mean, you know, give it up for him. It's not, he says it's not all about the money. And as you can see, I'm the golden bear, man. It's He is in the Hall of Fame, and, and bless his heart. He, he, was the, he is still the PGA Tour, and uh, I like to see him go on. And speaking of going on, now he is retired. Coach K, <laughs> he deserved every penny of this scar. According to what we're seeing from uh, the Duke's federal tax filings from 2020-2021, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, he got paid a total of $12.5 million last year uh, in the 2020-2021 season, according to Sportico. He got uh, $3.3 million compensation, Benefits deferred, $7.2 million. Expenses, $2 million. He did all right. And I tell you, he deserves every penny, I think, because I think he's one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever. It's interesting because the figures uh, compiled by the Department of Education show that the Duke's men's basketball program earned $22.5 million during that 2020 to 2021 season. So uh, you can see that he's roughly half of that. I mean, a little bit more than half at this point, right? $12.5 million yeah. compared to $22.5 million. And of course, he has, I believe, earned something like $100 million plus uh, over his four-decade coaching career at Duke, uh, which began back in 1980. I mean, it, it's paid for itself insofar as uh, Duke has won five national titles. It's gone to the Final Four 13 different times, including the most recent season before they lost to North Carolina. Well, it, in 2011-2012, Coach K's previous highest paid year, 
He earned a total of $9.6 million. Uh, and the second highest paid college basketball coach, Kansas Bill Self, he made $10.2 million. Uh, now, if you want to go off the court and then you want to go on the football field, Alabama's Nick Saban earned the most out of a football coach at $9.8 million. Now, I know people are saying, well, you know, it's like they make all this money and the college kids, you know, about time NIL came. But you know what? These coaches are historic coaches, and it means something you know, to put your uh, Bill Self or a Coach K or a Nick Saban. They they deserve every penny is what I'm trying to say, Scar. They, they basically mold a team from scratch in many ways uh, every year. Yes, there are players that stay, but there have been a bunch of players, Duke players, who decided um, to enter the draft rather than continue to play out their careers for the school. So every year you're working with new players and you're creating chemistry, you're guiding young people, you're creating leaders out of them. I mean, there's a reason why college basketball coaches end up being recruited by CEOs as leadership experts and consultants because they, they put together winning teams from day one, and it's all about the culture. Scar, I should have played basketball more because uh, right now— Did you play anything in college? I <laughs> I played chess. That's what I played. <laughs> I uh, yeah, love it. That's, that's it. The, the Gary Kasparov <laughs> paycheck of money. Look, it, it, athletes make a lot of money. There's a lot of money for the athletic programs in any college— uh, and now we're seeing it uh, with a name, image, and likeness. And you're also mm-hmm. seeing it because the uh, a lot of people, the alumni, can get in. There, there's where they can donate money to a player where they get different rankings where, hey, okay, I'm going to donate this much and I get access to the player and this and that, whatever, and it goes on down the line, whatever. So there's that area too for nil but this is great i mean uh coach k i i i know i'm rooting from the press box but i've never met more of a gentleman than coach k so you deserve the money you got it man (laughs) this has been the bloomberg business of sports podcast you can catch us every monday wednesday and thursday and you can follow me on twitter at big bar sports and i'm on twitter at scarlet foo we miss ninji we'll see you ninji And don't forget to download this show wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.